the Long Beach car salesman and stay-at-home mom. The Luckies chose to homeschool the precocious Palmer and his three sisters. In doing so, they encouraged them to pursue their passions. He studied Italian opera and trained to be a singing gondolier for tourists. He played golf, at least before another kid hit him in the face with a club, fracturing his jaw and leaving a deep scar on the most distinctive chin to roam Los Angeles since Jay Leno and he became expert on enough disparate topics to become something of a polymath. McDonald's beef is 100% beef with no fillers. The only things that are not beef are 1% salt and pepper, he says, as we stroll past a McDonald's one afternoon. Normal burgers and fries have way more calories, way more fat. Eventually, however, Teenage Lucky began spending pretty much every spare minute with either video games, Chrono Trigger and GoldenEye 64 were among his favorites, or science fiction movies, The Matrix and The Lawnmower Man. These passions both led him to the same place. Virtual reality is in so much science fiction across a wide variety of stories that even if you're not particularly interested in VR, if you're a sci-fi enthusiast, you end up learning a lot about it, says Lucky. That's what happened. I grew up my whole life thinking virtual reality was very cool, and I thought that it must exist in secret military labs somewhere. The idea for immersive computer displays dates back to the 1960s. Early VR prototypes were primitive, bulky, and hugely expensive, built mainly for government and military applications like Air Force flight simulators. In the 1980s, the PC boom raised hopes for smaller, consumer-friendly headsets and inspired art about virtual worlds, starting with William Gibson's 1984 novel Neuromancer and peaking when nearly a dozen related films, including Johnny Mnemonic and Strange Days, were released in 1995. But while the movies sold tickets, the products went nowhere. Sometimes excessive costs killed them in their infancy. In the early 1990s, Hasbro spent at least $59 million and three-plus years developing a console and headset called the Home Virtual Reality System before abandoning the project. In 1996, Nintendo released a $180 video game console, the Virtual Boy, but its promise of three-dimensional graphics fell flat. The headset's red monochrome display, low resolution, and vibrating mirrors induced neck pains, dizziness, and nausea. Nintendo sold fewer than 800,000 units. This was all ancient history by the time Lucky hit his teens. Ever curious, Lucky used eBay to go on an archaeological dig of sorts, scouring online sales for outdated and abandoned bits of VR hardware. He slowly amassed an impressive collection. In one score, he bought a $97,000 headset for $87. To fund his efforts, he taught himself basic electronics and made $30,000 by buying broken iPhones, repairing them, and flipping them for a profit. From these failed carcasses, Lucky hacked something new. I was modifying existing gear really heavily, using new lenses, trying to swap lenses from one system into another, says Lucky. I built some SHTY stuff. With time, though, his work improved. In 2009, at 17, Lucky entered college. The homeschooler stayed local at Cal State Long Beach, where he studied journalism, of all things, and spent his spare time building the custom PR-1, or Prototype-1. 
By the summer of 2011, he landed a part-time job with VR pioneer Mark Bolas at his lab at the University of Southern California. Without Mark, there would be no Oculus, says Jaron Lanier, a computer scientist who popularized the term virtual reality. Bolas and his students had spent years refining VR headsets, and all their innovations were open-sourced. Lucky absorbed their wisdom and technology and quickly applied them to his own work. In April 2012, 19-year-old Palmer Lucky completed the sixth prototype of his home-brewed VR rig. He named it after the gap he hoped it would bridge between the real world and the virtual, the Rift. Palmer Lucky's prodigious success could not have happened even a few years before, as Oculus's incubation touched on almost every startup trend of this decade. The open-source head start allowed him to begin his quest on second or even third base for free, without legally owing anyone a penny. From there, he tapped into crowdsourcing, harnessing the hive at forums like...